0: Strap yourself in because we're set up, switched on, and ready to go.
1: On this week's episode, I'm joined by two members of Rochester NISA, majority owner David Weaver, who is CEO and founder of Apex. BioClean Systems, and Mark Washo, Managing Director and Chief Commercial Officer for the club. If you are unaware of rochester Nisa, they have submitted an application to have a professional soccer team play in a downtown stadium in Rochester, New York the approval and start time for the club is all uncertain at the moment. Because we see with chicago Nisa recently they submitted an application, they got that, and now they're able to build their club out properly. So rochester Nisa has to wait for that process to play out before they can have their own name-the-team contest. So they will have a name the team and uh, they will have fans vote for the team name, for the, the team colors. We are all looking forward to that. And I hope you guys are excited to hear more about Rochester Nisa. So here is the majority owner of Rochester Nisa. He is currently leading that project. That is David Weaver and managing director and chief commercial officer of Rochester Nisa. Mark Washo joins First Team Podcast this week.
2: I'm a Rochester, New York native. I grew up here in this market. Went to school SUNY Fredonia and got my very first professional sports job working for Bison Baseball, the uh, AAA um, professional baseball club. That was the very first uh, professional sports experience that I had, and uh, from there I was able to kind of uh, grow that into a pretty long-standing not only professional sports career, but also professional soccer. And uh, I was able to relocate after Bison Baseball to the D.C. market where I worked for the Washington Bullets, which then became the Washington Wizards. It was great to have that NBA experience um, as an accountant executive. And uh, shortly after uh, my couple of seasons there, uh, the 1994 World Cup came uh, to America, and I was out of sports just for a little bit of time working for Budget Rent-A-Car. We be- became the the world uh, sponsor for the official rental car sponsor for world cup. So that's where I kind of got my very first taste of soccer on a grand scale, even though I'd been to Lancers games in the past. And I realized at that point that major league soccer was launching. So I was able to get into uh, MLS. I was the fifth employee for DC United ended up joining Chicago, uh, New York, New Jersey Metro stars, which then became Red Bull, New York and then advanced my career even further and ended up in Chicago with Chicago fire uh, somewhere after five or six seasons after we had opened Toyota Park, which was only the fifth or sixth soccer-specific stadium in America, I had a chance to relocate back to the D.C. market where I kind of got my earlier sports career start and run the Washington Freedom, which was the Women's Professional Soccer League. And uh, we had Abby Wambach on the team, who was also a Rochester native, so that was nice to have that mutual connection. I had a couple uh, the, that WPS unwound, and uh, I kind of launched my own sports agency, which led me to a opportunity with um, Celebrity Cruises, which the only reason I mentioned that is because it was truly a big brand experience, which kind of leads me to the present opportunity I have both with Dave Weaver's company and Apex, as well as Nisa Rochester. And uh, in the midst of all that, I had a chance to relocate back to Rochester back in 2016 to run the Rochester Rhinos as the chief business officer. And that gave me a chance to kind of come back to my hometown as a hometown kid and revitalize, which was once a pretty historic and traditional club here in Rochester. So uh, I was with the club from 2016 and 2017. We operated the stadium in 2018. And um, that group unraveled, and uh, the ownership group decided to break our, our 10 year lease with the stadium. And in 2019, kind of found myself no longer in professional soccer, not really in professional sports which uh, has led me to the current opportunity, again, with uh, Apex and NISA Rochester. So that's probably as quickly as I could go through that, my expansive background. But sports business heavy, professional soccer heavy, and um, overall just have some brand experiences in the midst of it all. So kind of really excited to be in the present opportunity with, uh, with Dave, his company, and then the new soccer team here in Rochester.
0: I was uh, born and bred here in Rochester, New York. I've spent my entire life here. Um, I've graduated from Brockport uh, State uh, back in the uh, mid-70s as a physical education teacher and uh, was involved at a time when uh, physical education teachers were uh, a dime a dozen, couldn't find the work, uh, had a family, and decided to, to try my luck at Eastman Kodak Company. Um, that was a great experience, about 25 years. Uh, they gave me a lot of educational opportunities, uh, including uh, going to university roster and becoming a uh, optical engineer. And uh, through my tenure at uh, Kodak, I was on a lot of uh, project teams, uh, both here and abroad. You know, we set up a camera factory in Shanghai, also one in Monterey, Mexico. And uh, I worked uh, for many years as a purchasing agent, so I got to to look at business from uh, far and wide uh, exposure, not only to the Far East, but also here in Rochester and throughout the United States. Um, In the late 90s, uh, Eastman Kodak downsized, so I took my talents uh, to uh, form some other companies. I... Uh, actually created a digital camera company here in Rochester. We sold in our first year over $100 million of digital cameras, which was quite amazing, and uh, sort of walked through the balance of the digital camera explosion that went from, uh, you know, pretty pricey cameras down to really inexpensive. Uh, And uh, I tried uh, many different ventures along the way. But the one that sort of stuck 10 years ago was the creation of the world's first non-toxic all water-based sanitizer for both cans and hard surface and uh, any other types of uh, germs that you might find uh, were very successful. Apex BioClean Systems uh, has been around for 10 years. And last August, we went public. We're now on the OTC boards as a publicly traded company. And along the way, uh, I met Mark, uh, who wanted to to sell some of the product. And it was interesting that uh, we sat down one day and I asked him how things were going and the subject of soccer came up and it was, uh, I think, an immediate response for me that I think we should form a pro soccer team here in Rochester. And uh, that evolved into uh, NISA Rochester, New York and I'm excited to 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 be associated with that as the owner and hopefully a, a helpful administrator and evaluator of talent. Uh, along the way, I've been a soccer referee for 30 years. Why did you choose
1: the National Independent Soccer Association over other professional soccer leagues?
0: Well, Mark presented the, the NISA opportunity to me and I evaluated uh, looking both at that and uh, MLS and uh US US soccer um the uh, opportunity and the availability of soccer opportunity with NISA was outstanding in my opinion because it allows like the word says national independent uh the owners uh, are independent uh, from the league uh they can make their own decisions uh they're uh cost uh, to running the organization is uh, a lot significantly lower than than other clubs that you might get involved with. and I just thought it was a fresh start for Rochester that we should get into uh, a soccer opportunity that that you know from the ground up.
1: What is your vision and your initial goals for this project?
0: Well, I would like to see local talent mm-hmm. on the club. I would like to see that local talent generate a lot of interest from communities that they may have played soccer in, uh, other teammates. Um, I'd I'd like to see the club itself become a, a mainstay of, of the Rochester life. You know, when you wake up in the morning, you say, oh, there's a good soccer game today down at the stadium. I, I want to get there. Uh, and uh, everybody have fun, you know, not not to be, Critical of previous owners, but the uh, the fun kind of left uh, years ago, and I want to bring the fun back to Rochester. Fun watching a good soccer game, uh, having all the trappings around it, uh, and and just an enjoyment for the for the general public.
1: Have you been in dialogue with any member club of NISA, or have they showed support of your application?
0: Yeah, we've been in contact with NISA, and we've uh, uh, placed uh, our application in front of them for their review. And um, at this point, Mark, I don't know if you want to continue uh, with with that or how you want to... How do you want to answer that question? My yeah. initial
1: question was, have you been in dialogue with any other members of NISA, so in the member clubs, um, or have they showed any support for your application?
2: Yes. I mean, we, we've uh, – well, I mean, as you can imagine, just me personally being involved with professional soccer for as long as I have – Uh, I have a lot of these relationships that pre-existed the the NISA application process for Rochester. So clubs like Detroit FC and I'm sorry, Detroit city and, um, Peter Wilt. And as we were kind of going through our diligence process, I, I was able to connect, uh, Dave Weaver and our group, uh, with some of those other club owners so that we could have an open conversation and dialogue about their experiences in the NISA league, which present moment was all extremely favorable. So, uh, I think that's the extent of, um, of some of the conversations that we did have, including us soccer. We, we spoke with us soccer right in the middle of the application where well, we're still in the in the application process in, in many ways, because obviously we haven't made any additional announcements at this time, but, um, we, uh, yeah. So I think that's all been part of our uh, diligence process and vetting yeah. process and, uh, I wanted to make sure Dave Weaver had as much exposure and connectivity to some of those clubs as, uh, as, as, as necessary as we were making decisions at which way to go with the opportunity.
1: When are you expected to uh, get an answer on that application process? You said that you talked to U.S. Soccer throughout that, uh, or you're still in that application process. But um, when are you expecting as a group to get that official answer
2: well, I'll answer the following, and then I'll mm. let Dave answer if he wants to answer as well. Yeah. Let's just say our communication has been uh, pretty steady throughout, and uh, we are in a position where things are looking pretty favorable and, and, and pointing in a positive direction. So I think the best we can tell people is to stay tuned, and um, hopefully uh, we'll be able to kind of have some more information and news uh, in the not-too-distant future.
0: Yes, we have been in communication. I, the process has been enlightening for me as an owner. Uh, talking with other club owners uh, was good use of my time. I learned a lot from them. Uh, they were very supportive of our application process and uh, continue to keep in touch with us, which I think is uh, an outstanding uh, point for them. And it's, it's uh, going to be a, a hope of a friendly relationship with all the club owners. And even though we may be on the turf, Kicking the ball against each other and and trying to win the game. uh, At the end, uh, we'll still be great friends.
1: Are you the majority investor, and if not, are there any plans for more investors to join the ownership group?
0: Well, I am. I am the majority owner. Mm -hmm. Um, I uh, have uh, given some ownership both to Mark Waschow and Todd Harrison, Mm -hmm. um, because I feel whenever I own a company like Apex Biocline Systems, I want ownership from the major parties. So they are uh, owners of the company along with me, but I'm still the majority owner. And uh, uh, I'm excited to have them both on board and supporting the team.
1: When is the team scheduled to start play? Is that spring or fall of 2022?
0: Well, we, we hope to take the turf mm-hmm. uh, in the spring of uh, 2022. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a, a slight chance that we may be able to field a team in the fall of uh, 2021 uh, and uh, and or participate in maybe some of the uh, auxiliary uh, tournaments that nisa uh, plans to hold in the fall uh, that aren't really part of the league play Uh, that would be uh, a great opportunity for the club as well Uh, get get our players on the field get the coaches to start thinking about who who's who and where's where uh, against a very strong competition in the in the NISA organization.
1: According to reports Rochester NISA will play at Marina Auto Stadium. Can you confirm that here on First Team Podcast?
2: Yes, we Yeah, have, we uh, we can certainly confirm uh, that's mm-hmm. the stadium of choice. By the way, just um Yeah. The stadium is no longer technically referred to as Marina Auto Stadium. I believe it's now the uh, Rochester Community Stadium. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's owned by the city of Rochester, and we have had numerous conversations with them over the past year, year and a half, as this whole process has related. And we have um, written confirmation that the club can operate at the downtown Rochester Stadium. It's soccer-specific. It's 14,000 seats, and – provides a really great just overall a lot of other amenities like a really high quality suite level and a party deck and uh, They've maintained the facility extremely well since the Rhinos departed at the end of 2018 and um, the conversations with the city have been very uh, I guess welcoming and very inclusive and uh, kind of in the spirit of a true partnership. So uh, that is our intent and and we haven't really mentioned it yet in the context of this conversation, but pretty centered to this. And Dave just alluded to a gentleman named Todd Harrison, who is the chair of Saint John Fisher Sport Management Program. They operate a uh, robust undergraduate program with about 130 to 150 uh, students at, at, on any given semester. And uh, this whole organization is also centered around the sport management program. And there's even more announcements pending with as it relates. And they also have been talking with the stadium. To help them with their community events and community engagement, potentially even um, offering some uh, services on the food and beverage and concession side. So this is kind of an all-in strategic partnership, and we consider the stadium and the City of Rochester to be included, along with um, St. John Fitcher as well.
1: Will the club pay their players a living wage? And on First Team podcasts, we consistently cover that topic of player wages, because in some cases, players mostly in the lower divisions, have not earned a fair wage. So here on First Team Podcast, will you both confirm here that uh, Rochester Nisa will pay their players whenever they uh, hit the field and play in their debut season? Will they earn a living wage?
2: From my personal experiences, and it's fair to say, even way back at the inception of Major League Soccer and just having some of those experiences... I know and understand that that it was a heavy burden. That the not not a burden necessarily, but it you know it's it's a it's, it's a challenge. as you have young upstart leagues trying to make sure that financially speaking they are able to support players uh, to have a living wage and to be able to um, you know make it that their profession. I think I think with a with a league uh, like Nisa and an opportunity to operate a club in that manner, in addition to what the players may, may not may not be able to earn from just you know, straight base compensation, there's always incentive programs. And I think because we're gonna be part of a greater, hopefully uh, club neutral player development programs, there's some opportunities for them to earn additional uh, money in, in player development and some of the, the youth activities that we plan to have. When I was the president of Washington Freedom with WPS, that's how a lot of players um, earned some additional income to supplement what we were able to pay them on the wage side of things. And then also commercial endorsements and sponsorships. Uh, We work with a lot of players trying to help them develop a a platform there. And anytime we could get them little paid appearances and community events. I mean, some of those appearances are truly community appearances where there isn't compensation. And some of those are the, um, you know, we feel like obligation of of running a professional club like this. But we, we we will do things in addition to just the... The salary or base wages uh, enhance and amplify their earning potential, and I believe that's that's kind of the way we're we're approaching this. But I'll let Dave answer that as well as the way he's viewing it. Knowing that we also want to have a high percentage of the players source local if we can and and local talent, but um, obviously we're going to try to sprinkle that in with with some other hire you know, players that, that are going to help us compete and win championships. So uh, that's how I would answer that question from kind of the, the business side of things.
0: I concur with everything that Mark has said. Uh, I understand that the people need to make a living. Um, that's the way I run my company, Apex Backline Systems. Everybody is uh, uh, substantially earning uh, their way with uh, both their talents. And uh, I understand uh the needs for um, equitable pay, so that uh, you know you're not under uh, stress every day to look for, you know, where you're going to get your next meal from. That that's not the type of uh, individual that I am, anyway. So, yeah, uh, you know, we'll work to that end, and uh, we'll make sure that players are happy, and uh, you know, the club club will survive on that basis.
1: For a lot of fans in lower division soccer in the United States. When they hear of Rochester, New York, they think of the Rochester Rhinos. I know they are currently on hiatus, but are you prepared for them to possibly re-enter the marketplace?
0: Uh, yeah, we're prepared. Uh, we're, we're, uh, we don't think that uh, we'll have any difficulty in competing against them. Although they're, you know, a Division Two, we're going to be very inclusive of uh, Rochester and. Uh, the soccer community here, uh, we're, we're going to work very hard to gain their support and be able to uh, expect them to show up for every game uh, and support the team, support the players, uh, and support the community. So that's, that's our goal. Uh, we can't control what the, the other uh, organization may do, uh, but I think that there's a, a big challenge ahead of them because of uh, – the way they handled the last couple of years in, in the Rochester arena.
2: Yeah, I mean, I would just add to that, John, that I think our our spirit and our positioning, and you'll see a lot more uh, announcements as it relates. We're going to be pretty public facing with our club vision and mission statement, for example, and, and you're going to see a lot of the inclusion and uh, just trying to do the best we can to unite the, the soccer community as much as we can. In any any market across the country, sometimes it it is divided and it is um, I guess separate uh, islands of uh, soccer operations. But you know we're we're gonna uh, you know we're gonna do we, what we do as a club and as an organization, and being a downtown playing kind of soccer uh, based uh, uh, entity. And I think um, you know and you know there's 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 soccer at all levels, uh, amateur. Uh, Obviously, youth soccer um, could be very fragmented in many ways, and and we're going to try to have uh, some programming where we're going to be as inclusive as we can. There's uh, there's a UPSL club in the market. There's two MPSL teams. There's an indoor professional soccer team uh, in the Rochester Lancers, and we'd ideally like to work with all of them and find ways where we can all mutually support each other. And uh, the rising tide lifting all ships, as the saying goes, and that's going to truly be our mantra. And not everybody's going to be on board with that. And, uh, we understand, but it's not going to be for lack of us outreaching and trying to embrace and work and just find common ground where we can all mutually uh, exist and coexist and support each other and raise the game, uh, raise uh, the game of soccer in Rochester and then ultimately in America. And I think that's going to be how we're going to approach it. And we're going to kind of do things in that manner. And then we hope that, uh, Others will join us, and to the extent they may not want to participate, we we certainly understand, and we would uh, we would, but we still would support them on the reciprocal side back, uh, regardless. I mean, I just we had a tweet. We we watched MLS Cup over the weekend, and uh, I come from Major League Soccer. That's my background. I mean, that's uh, I fully highly respect what Major League Soccer has accomplished in soccer in America, and it's amazing to me, being part of the inception, how much the league has grown and solidified itself. And uh, to me, it's just going to be a spirit of inclusion, and uh, hopefully. That's gonna that's gonna be the way we, we go about things. And then to David's point, whatever else happens in the market or whoever else kind of launches, I mean, look, arguably NISA being an open system, uh, somebody else could plunk a NISA team in Batavia or Rochester. I mean, that's that's the spirit of of, of the NISA league. So um, we're all welcoming and all inclusive, and we're gonna we're gonna behave in that manner the best we can.
1: Lastly, maybe we can end on some positivity. Can you talk to the supporters out there? Can you talk to soccer fans in Rochester, in U.S. soccer that support lower division soccer? Can you talk to those fans about the project, about the application process, and about what's in store uh, for Rochester? Nisa?
2: Well, I'll share with you that, uh, well, first of all, there's this sense that, uh, well, Nisa, being a young upstart league, is just quickly going to accept Anybody into the, the league, and I we can we can tell you, and David could also reaffirm this that it has been a thorough process. It's been uh, it's been very complete. I mean, we've had to meet all kinds. Of, we've had to meet minimum standards that have been established by U.S. Soccer Federation for Division Three standard and operating a professional club in America. So so as we've been working through the process, it, it it hasn't been an automatic by any stretch, and we have not approached the process in that way. Uh, we've approached it actually quite opposite that. We've got to make a great story for our ownership group and our team and, and uh, everybody that we've kind of already discussed uh, on the call so, uh, on this interview so far. And I think um, so that that's, that's, uh, and then, and then to your point, yes, we, we we do want to be inclusive in community and fan engagement as it relates to everything involved with the club, the club colors, the, the club name, and we've already uh, been out there having those discussions. We've had private zoom calls and chats and, email correspondence with constituents, uh, not only in the soccer community, but the local business community and even some charities and nonprofits. So that is going to be uh, as the club on, on kind of we as we unfold and as we progress forward, I think you're going to see a lot more of that going on. And uh, the fact that we're not participating until spring 2022 kind of gives us the proper platform for us to do that in the right way. So all those exciting announcements and and now look, whether we do ultimately what like Chicago NISA does and put a full 64 club team name bracket up there, you know, we may have a little di- different approach intact, but um, that is a community engagement, fan engagement. It's certainly going to be part of our process and already has to date. And and even before we applied for the application, we, we tested the waters a little bit with some constituents and again, in the soccer and business community, just to make sure there was even still an appetite for outdoor professional soccer in this manner, and, and there there is. And the reaction has been tremendous, probably exceeding our expectations since we announced that we just even have a simple application, not much beyond that at this moment. So,
0: you know, the excitement around soccer, professional soccer in Rochester uh, really hasn't diminished over the years. I can remember going to... Lancer games way back when, uh, when Palais came here, uh, the, the stadium, uh, the old Aquinas stadium, I thought was going to collapse with so many people cheering and applauding. And it was just the just scene. It was unbelievable. Uh, all the way through uh, my exposure as a referee with uh, over 30 years with all the teams throughout Rochester, um, there's total excitement uh, for a professional having a professional soccer team. And I believe that really hasn't uh, waned too much uh, in the last couple of years. And that's why I wanted to get it started now rather than later. Uh, I don't want to lose the, the fan base that uh, may still like to see uh, professional soccer downtown uh, at the stadium. And uh, I have just, uh, you know, the encouragement from everybody I know that's talked to me, emailed me, uh, is, is just uh Go for it. Let's do it. I'm I'm behind you 100%. And, and it's going to be an exciting time for, for me, for the club, for the city, and uh, for anybody involved.
1: Thanks to David Weaver and Mark Washo for joining me on First Team Podcast. I really do appreciate it. You can follow First Team Podcast on Twitter and on Facebook at First Team Pod. Please check out our website, firstteampod.com. And um, I would like to wish everyone a very happy holidays because uh, I know it has been a very crazy year and I hope First Team Podcast has maybe helped you uh, take a break from reality. And uh, that's why I enjoy doing this podcast. That's why I enjoy talking about soccer. Because for a very brief time, you're able to be in a new reality. You're able to be in a different world talking about professional sports. To most people, sports is stupid, right? Sports is just a couple of guys or a couple of girls um, kicking a ball, throwing the ball. For some people, that doesn't mean anything. But to us, to hardcore soccer and sport fans, that means something right? That's our world, that's our 24-7 news cycle, and that's all we care about. So, I hope each week I have uh, brought you some excitement, I've brought you um, some news coverage of lower division soccer, and we are not stopping there. This is not going to be our final episode for 2020. We're uh, hoping to bring one more episode sometime next week so we're still working on that schedule but we will release one final episode after this week's episode of first team podcast extra time with kiesel broom after that we will have one more episode which will be uh, labeled our final episode of 2020 but i just want to make it clear after our episode our first team podcast extra time episode with kiesel broom we will have one last episode which will be labeled our final episode of 2020. But just to make it clear, we will not stop there. We will continue. If there are breaking news stories, if there are stuff that needs to be out there, please keep it locked uh, and check out firstteampod.com. That's where we will have, and we continue to have, all of uh, breaking news stories, First Team Podcast exclusives. Even though we might not have our weekly episode uh, going throughout the holidays, we will still continue to update our website when it is necessary to do so. So, thanks again for all the support in 2020. I know it has been a very difficult year for myself, for my family, and I know it has been difficult for a lot of people out there, especially in the New York City area, Um, but we will come back stronger in 2021, and we will close out the year strong as well. So, in 2021, I'm hoping uh, to have even uh, bigger guests and great conversations with soccer fans, with stakeholders at all levels. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to growing what we have here at First Team Podcast. So uh, thanks again for all the support throughout 2020. And here's to a very great and a very successful 2021.